Listener supported. WNYC Studios. A co-presentation of WNYC Studios and Night Vale presents. You are listening to the Orbiting Human Circus of the Air. Late afternoon, the janitor is hiding in the shadows at the base of the Eiffel Tower. He peeks across the way at the ticket booth and the line of tourists that form in front of it. Mr. Chenard comes storming up. He marches right up to the janitor. What are you doing? I look for you everywhere. I I look in the closet. I look on the curtains. I look in the commissary behind the case of chocolate croissant. And you're not there. The janitor starts turning colors. He's willing, Mr. Chenard, to speak quieter. What are you looking at? It's a ticket booth. People online are looking over. The ticket booth clerks are looking over. The janitor, his face bright red, turns and runs off away from Mr. Chenard into the Eiffel Tower and takes full flight up the stairs. Watching the janitor go, Mr. Chenard turns to the people online. Pardon, did, did any of you happen to see the man I was speaking to just now? Uh, Anyone? Pardon, madame, have you seen the man that I was talking now? Okay. Meanwhile, the janitor runs up and up and higher and higher and reaching the top, the janitor runs out onto the deck and feels suddenly as though he's going to throw up. He lurches to the railing and leans over it. A terrible idea! A truly terrible idea! For on this tower, it not being of the leaning variety, he is directly above the ticket booth. You get the idea. He's too nauseous to move. He he tries desperately to keep from throwing up, but nothing seems to help. He... Quick, try to imagine something. The janitor glances downward and sees something. Thank heavens. It captures his attention. He's forgetting about his nausea. The janitor sees... John Cameron. Of course, you could never recognize him from this far up. He looks like a flea, though I don't think John Cameron would appreciate that comparison. Nevertheless, the janitor watches this flea-like figure flitting about, leaping from spot to spot, signing autographs, stopping to shake hands with delighted tourists, and at last coming to rest on the ticket booth, chatting with the clerks. Seen from this far away, John Cameron looks especially especially thin and charming, and everyone he approaches seems injected with an itch for life, to be bitten with a burning hope, awakened as if pinched. It's almost as if John draws out the mundane pulse of existence and replaces it with a feeling of growth that swells from within. And the janitor wishes he too could have this effect on other people. Meanwhile, in the broadcast ballroom, we find our stagehands busily preparing for tonight's show. You know, I think the janitor has a crush. What, Mapo? <laughs> what? Mapo, the janitor. You know, like the Marx Brothers, but uh, oh. like Hoppo, only like oh, with a mop. Oh, you know, that is terrible. Forgive him. Let's just pretend we didn't hear that. What were you saying? Oh, yeah, about the janitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not Mapo. sure. Mapo. 
whatever. But Letitia pauses. Out of the corner of her eye, she has noticed John Cameron come stumbling backstage, as they say, two sheets to the wind. She gets rid of Jacques, and keeping her eyes on John, stealthily intercepts him in the hallway. John, you're drunk. <laughs> I'm happy. You're bumping into water. Happily. Have you ever noticed the ticket booth clerk down there? You too, huh? What do you mean? Well, you're not the only one who has a crush on the ticket booth clerk. I don't have a crush on the ticket booth clerk. Can't I look? There are lots of beautiful people in the world, as there are trees. It's a happiness. It's a, what is it? It's a mitzvah to just notice a tree in the forest, not just wander past. Yes, well, you just keep on wandering on past the red Mr. Lumberjack. <sighs> Well, how's Archie? I am not a lumberjack. Okay, no. I'm an arborist. I care for the trees. I prune them. I s What are you saying? <laughs> Extending the metaphor. Oh, careful where you extend your metaphor. Besides, uh -oh. I asked you a question. What? How's Archie? Oh, he's in Hollywood doing God knows what with God knows whom. Oh, Jean, Archie is not like that. You misunderstand. We have an omniscient relationship. An open relationship? Omniscient. We can do what we want as long as God knows. Oh, well, Jean. I should explain that John Cameron has had for some time what, in repressive times, would be called a friendship with a certain internationally adored movie star currently living in America, whose backstage visits cause quite a stir at the orbiting human circus. Archibald is his name. That's not what he's known as in Hollywood. Now I grant you that it might be fun getting carried away trying to figure out who this beloved movie star is, but let's not get carried away. Granted, our lawyers probably will, but who'd carry out a lawsuit in a case like this? We're not saying who it is. Besides, whoever you're thinking, you're wrong. And now, back to the conversation. So who has a crush on the ticket booth clerk? You? No, the janitor, I think. <laughs> the janitor? <laughs> no, but really. He doesn't get crushes. Oh, but he does. Well, let's see. They've probably got, what, 30 or 40 good years ahead of them? Why? That's about how long it'll take for him to talk to him. Oh, come on. He's not that bad. Yes, he is. He's... Well, you know, to be honest, he's better off. He's a monk. You know, I'd like to be like the janitor, though. A secret crush. It's the sweetest thing. If I was him, I would never talk to the ticket booth clerk. If you are him, you would have already slept with the ticket booth clerk. Letitia, flattery will get you nowhere except my dressing room. Come in. Would you like a drink? John, this isn't like you. You never used to drink. Have a drink, stick in the mood. We're <sighs> celebrating. What are we celebrating? Archie is coming!
a moment. Music from the Orbiting Human Circus is being released by Merge Records throughout the season. Look for it on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Bandcamp, and more. Join our mailing list at orbitinghumancircus.com or follow us on social media if you're someone who does that sort of thing to learn about live Orbiting Human Circus performances and events coming later this year and beyond. We are so excited about everything to come and we want to be sure you know about it too. Again, that's orbitinghumancircus.com. We return to the janitor's closet on the Eiffel Tower. The janitor stares into a shoebox, and he won't let me see inside of it. Now, I know what you're going to say. Shouldn't I be able to see what he sees? I'm a figment of his imagination. But that just means he makes the rules. Well, it's a big secret. You know, you talk a lot. But you know, don't you? Yes. You've got to tell me what was in those shoeboxes and what happened to those people. Please tell me, tell me, tell me! That's two big secrets. If I tell you one, will you leave me alone for a bit? I solemnly promise. You sure you want to know? Yes! Alright. The shoeboxes were empty. There was nothing in them. Thing at all. Just like this one is. Look. They saw it all themselves. Just like the fireflies. Because they wanted to. So, they disappeared. None of their friends ever saw them again. They had the boxes over their faces. He gave them a push towards the sea. Tell me what happened to the people! Well, it only took my great-grandpa a decade to figure out, you know, if you start working on it now, maybe you can, uh... Wait. No. But yet. <gasps> well, that was quick. Will you tell me if I got it right? Well, what is it? Did they walk into the sea? Yes. That's horrible. How could he? He had to. Do that? Well, it woke them up. It, it snapped them out of it. Well, then what happened to them? They started new lives. the tower all night and all day and all night and all day and all night for wind's daughter you know julia i am going to die i cannot do it i cannot stay awake anymore 
I go home and my children do not recognize me. You may be a figment of my imagination. You may be a ghost that only the night watchman and I see. Whatever you are, if you do not help me now, this is the end for me. My boss is coming to the tower tomorrow. The birds have been to the observation deck. They have landed on the telescopes because somebody put bird seeds there. Julia, can I put my head through the door? Okay. Thank you, Julia. Will you clean the observation deck for me before morning? The entire observation deck is painted with the poop. Yes. The janitor was astonished by the effect this word had on Mr. Chenard. Mr. Chenard smiled. A single tear dropped from his eye, and he suddenly looked twenty years younger. The janitor was amazed that one word from him could have such an effect on another person. Mr. Chenard strode into his closet, sounding a different man. Thank you. But Mr. Chenard's look suddenly turned stern. You know where the police is? Well, yeah, it's in a, it's in a thing. In what thing? Was it in the on the on the shelf? On the shelf, which shelf? I, I know where it is, Mr. Gennard. Show me. I have a sick mother. Mr. Gennard, this is it, right? Yes, that is the polish. Do you know how to use the polish? Yes. I am believing you like 50% right now. <laughs> no, I'll do 40, it. 42% right now, I am believing you. I'll do it. Well, Thank you. That was almost camaraderie. Your stuff is going out. You've learned how to tend it. Coco helps me. You have to learn yourself. Here, like this, see? Look at my hand. You see my hand? Yes. This, like this, okay? You see? Didn't know you're supposed to put polish in a stove. Look, 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 look. Okay, let's go. Un, deux, et trois. Okay, then it won't go out. And when you come back from the observation deck, it will still be warm in here, okay? Did the janitor just make a joke? Okay, I've got to go to sleep. Mr. Chenard has gone. The janitor, looking determined, takes his polish and makes his way to the observation deck. But there, the sight that greets him shakes his confidence. This is insane. This is impossible. In the janitor's defense, it does seem a good deal more than he could ever clean. Right. But the janitor dips his rag into the polish, determined to try. And as he does, his eyes lose focus and his gaze grows soft. Meanwhile, in the broadcast ballroom, it is the middle of the night. We find Chief Stagehand Letitia clutching a torn and crumpled piece of telegram she's picked up off the floor, on which she can make out the words delayed, reshoots, and Archie. She glances from this to a pile of empty liquor bottles stacked outside of John Cameron's dressing room door. Looking worried, she strides into the ballroom, which is filled with gigantic crates. The stagehands are working through the night as they do every year in preparation for the big holiday show. 
2,000 telescopes. Alors, Jacques, saying that over and over isn't going to make there any less telescopes. What can I say that'll make there less telescopes? Come on, Jacques, get to work, But huh? let's just Now! Yes, and every available bit of space on the stage not filled by the giant crates is filled by stacks of brass telescopes. And, increasingly, the styrofoam packing peanuts in which they were packed. Stagehand Margot stands up to her knees in them. It's going to take till showtime tomorrow to get done. What's this goop all over these telescopes? The stagehands turn, shocked to see host John Cameron standing there. John, what are you doing here? Nothing, I couldn't sleep. What are you looking at? I stayed overnight. Oh, John. What is this all over the telescopes? Well, some of the packing peanuts, they melted, you know, they came from someplace hot. We're going to have to clean them. We can't have them looking like this. We'll clean them, Jean, don't you worry. I would stay and help, but you know I have an important... A what? Don't put me on the spot. Okay, of course. I have important things to do. You do, of course, you do, Jean, you... I do have important things to do at 4 a.m. Don't patronize me. John Cameron wades through the sea of packing peanuts with extraordinary dignity. It's getting weirder and weirder. Well, he has a very stressful life. Okay, okay, we got to get the rest of these things unloaded. We got to clean them. Two thousand telescopes. Jacques, go see if we have anything to clean them with, huh? Jacques goes off wading through the peanuts, pantomiming the breaststroke as he goes. Jacques the clown, huh? We get him a red nose, we put him in the show. Jacques makes his way to the backstage props closet and rummages around. Nothing. However, not being in any hurry to make his way back to the stage, he thinks of the janitor's closet and the pleasant walk that looking there would afford. And if he doesn't find anything in the janitor's closet, he's pretty sure he has something at home that might work. Enjoying the cool air, he strolls slowly, savoring every moment of precious freedom. But as he approaches, he hears a strange sound coming from within. Could that be the janitor? Hello? Kid? He opens the door and... He runs into the broadcast ballroom and onto the stage, falling face first into the sea of packing peanuts, which is now waist high. Jacques, calm down. What it's is the, it? It's the polar bear. It's back. Letitia can see that Jacques' terror is real. He's in the janitor's closet. Okay, if there. this was any place else, I would not believe this, but here is what we do. Pierre, you get some torches. Get uh, some torches. Francois, you put down the chains. Get the chains. Hey, all of you back there, uh, stop working. You three, you grab one of these crates, uh, the empty one, you bring it, you follow me. Uh. I'll bring your crate, honey. Merci. We will lure the polar bear in there and trap it. Uh. And so the whole of the ballroom crew approaches the janitor's closet stealthily. Letitia's fingers over her lips, calling for silence. Torches brightly burning. Everybody stops. Okay, I'm going to open the door. I will lure out uh, the polar bear towards the crate. Okay, everybody, uh, you got it? Yeah, uh, yeah. we got it. Okay, um, and everyone, before we do this, I want to say, no matter what happened, uh, I have enjoyed working with you. A deathly silence. Letitia approaches. Puts her hand on the knob, and... Jacques? Uh, yes, Letitia? There's nothing in there, Jacques. But, but look, I just saw it, I'm Jacques? telling you. Yes, Letitia? This closet is not big enough to hold a polar bear, not with the curtains installed. But, but, uh, uh, I'm telling... Jacques, 
You'll be smoking something, maybe. Oh, not when I'm working. There was... Look, I swear, I opened the door, Letitia, mm-hmm. I opened the door. Somebody take out the coat, perhaps the polar bear is hiding under it. Now you're fucking with me, great. Well, no, I want to check. Why would you make no, fun of me okay, like that? No, here, I'll do it. Oh, let's see, no. Okay, all right. No, Look, there's when the, nothing in there. When the polar bear comes nothing back. Nothing when the, the coat, maybe uh, behind the broom, let me just, oh. That's going to be real funny when there he comes back and he eats. Suddenly, a terrifying sound from behind them. Who? It's the janitor. What? My closet. Oh, Julien. Uh, I'm sorry. We, uh, uh well, we. He uh, would keep a polar bear in there. Everybody knows it. What does he mean? Well, he's. No, nothing, nothing. Quiet. Julien, we're sorry. Come on, uh, everybody, back to the ballroom. You know, we have to work. Somebody grabs a crate and uh, you extinguish the torches. What do you want me to do with these chains? <sighs> Take your clothes off, wrap yourself in them, and go to a ghost nightclub. What? Really? Letitia walks away, the rest of them follow, leaving Francois with his chains. Crew Carpenters Lily and Margot approach Letitia. Do you want us to kill him? Who, Jacques? Mm, no, not yet, anyway. Okay, when the time comes, don't hesitate to ask. Merci, Lily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I gotta do something with these chains. Meanwhile, the stagehands reach the broadcast ballroom and wade into the packing peanuts. The, uh... The janitor looked pretty sad, huh? Oh, boy. I mean, wouldn't you be sad? A whole bunch of strangers barge into hey, your home and you're not there. We're not strangers. I mean... Hey, what if we, uh... What if we asked him to come uh, help us? I mean, I mean look, he'd, he'd love it. You know, he's, he's weird Yeah, like yeah, that. okay, Jack, you want to make it up with your little friend? Go get him, but tick-tock, tick-tock, okay? Jacques knocks on the janitor's door. Look, I'm uh, I'm sorry about that. All right. It's okay. I was actually I was actually coming by because we got a crazy bunch of work to do down there. Uh, we got these telescopes, two thousand of them actually, and uh, oh, we could uh, use your help. My help? Yeah. Really? Yeah. The janitor follows Jacques back to the broadcast ballroom. Look at, look at this. Wow. Packing peanuts. Threw up through my chest. You're going to help us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We gotta get the goop from the packing peanut off of the telescope. And he never worked harder or more happily in his life. And soon the goop was off of a great many of the telescopes, and with the last of the crates unpacked, the packing peanuts were nearly up to the stagehand's shoulders. Hey, the orchestra pits like a swimming pool. I'm gonna throw the janitor in. No, no, no! <laughs> I'm gonna do it! <laughs> oh. I think you're right, Letitia. I think I killed him. I'm alright! I'm alright! You swim like a fish! <laughs> Backstroke! Okay, okay. It's time to clean this all up, huh? And the janitor worked like he never did before, and the stagehands watched him and marveled. And two hours later, the broadcast ballroom was clean. Okay, you clunes, uh, let's go, uh, let's go get some breakfast. Coming, Julian? Yeah, you coming, Julian? No, my cafe we go to. I can come. <laughs> can you come? You worked hard, kid, of course you're coming, come on. And so off into the new morning they went, the streets still dark in the first light. And as they reached the all-night cafe, bustling with Parisians who, like them, have not yet been to sleep, 
the stagehands pour in and do not notice that the janitor has stopped. Seemingly in shock, he stands there. His eyes are wide. Jacques, the last through, looks back and waves him inside, but the janitor does not come. The janitor has been here before. He doesn't know how or when. I can't go in there. This begins to feel very important. He's turning away to go. No, wait, Julian! What? Stop. Do you remember what you told me earlier? The secret about what happened to the people with the shoeboxes? Yes. Then you can't run away from what makes you remember anymore. This is where you turn around and go in. He's listening to me. He's turned back around. He's gazing at the stagehands through the window. They found a table. They're laughing. He wants to be with them. He walks in and walks right up to the table. And he pulls up a chair and sits down too. Jacques is describing the bouquet of a very fancy scented candle on which he spent his entire last paycheck. It's like sense of like, of like rainforest with like a hint of like, Animal the like fur. mist, like the specific type of mist that comes off this type of mountain. In fact, I'm not even gonna tell you I lit it and you're gonna walk in and you're gonna be like, oh my God. Mm, look, I'm gonna this tell you like something. Transcendent. I like expensive things too, but you have to just admit it that that's what you want it for. I don't know. I've researched it. I ain't so. burning no hundred dollar candle. I'm sorry. What are you gonna do with it? I'm gonna let it sit there, unless it's like a crystal vase or something yeah. that they make. The idea is that the the fragrance is so pungent and unbelievable that you can never achieve that with another candle. Yes. Well, anyway, they talked about all kinds of things, and then Pierre told a joke, which we won't include just in case there are children listening. <laughs> and the janitor is laughing with them. Hey, everybody, wait, listen. Listen. Quiet down. Listen, listen to what they're playing on the radio. It's us. Oh, it's a rebroadcast of the show, huh? Is it that late already? Well, that's all for this week, ladies and gentlemen. This is John Cameron, broadcasting from the top of the Eiffel Tower. The orbiting human circus wishes you a good night.
The Orbiting Human Circus and Naughty Till New Year's is a co-production of WNYC Studios and Night Vale Presents. Episode 9 featured Drew Callender, David Barlow, Julian Coster, Susanna Flood, Dan Solomon, John Cameron Mitchell, Jesse Shelton, Nicholas Carter, and Mickey Braden. It was written and directed by Julian and further workshopped with the cast and crew of The Orbiting Human Circus and produced by Christy Gressman. With musical composition and arrangement by Thomas Hughes, Music by Govan Gaman on bass, Benjamin Miller on piano, Colia Joni on drums, Romika the singing saw, who was encouraged to sing by Julian, and the music tapes. Lead editor Grant Stewart, editor Janelle Yee, and assistant editors Emily Marinoff and Jeff Tobias with Julian. Sound design by Jonathan Siri Mose, foley by John Ringhofer, and lathe cutting by Steve Espinola. Engineering by Vincent Cascione, and additional production and mixing by Will Stanton. Music from the show is being released by Merge Records. Become a friend of the Orbiting Human Circus on Patreon at patreon.com slash orbitinghumancircus. Check out shirts, pins, and more at topatico.com. That's T-O-P-A-T-O-C-O dot com. And follow us on Instagram at Orbiting Human Circus or Twitter at Orbiting Human. For more information and full credits, go to orbitinghumancircus.com.